2: Good morning to you folks listening to this uh, podcast. This is Pastor John Asquith of the Black Creek Baptist Church. And I want to thank Evangelist Timothy McVeigh for being so kind as to allow me to broadcast and to speak on this broadcast And my prayer is that God will uh, use what's said here to help so many of the families that are out there, so many of the people that are out there. And and my text today is going to be Psalm 119, verse 9. It's a fairly famous verse. It says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Then it answers it, By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Now, if there is any one thing that distinguishes our day above any other day that I have ever known of, and I love uh, history, I read a lot of history, I know of times when uh, uh, society became horribly debauched, times when it was overly strict, but never before in the history of English-speaking people have so many people done so much damage to themselves by the time they reach 18 to 20 years old. And it's so important for young men to know how to cleanse their way. First of all, they have to be willing to cleanse their way. Now, that's one of those things that's pretty important. And I know from time to time, uh, you know, young men, young ladies uh, go up on an altar call and it bothers them. It bothers them what goes on in secret. It bothers them what goes on when the adults in the church uh, all go somewhere and the things that are talked about and the little sneaky things that go on bothers them to no end. And they feel terrible about it, but they have no idea how to get out of this and, and how to do something with themselves. And the first thing it needs to be is a willingness. They need to be willing to be done with the villainy and the vileness of those thoughts, those imaginations, those conversations. And there are very few young people out there today that have the ability to look at their peers and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Some of you may even have tried that, and then to the great mockery of your peers, you've gone back to it. And I don't know what what we're involved in here. All I know is it's something you have to hide from your parents. If it's something that you have to hide from your spouse talking to you older folks, if it's something you have to hide from other church members, you instinctively know that it's wrong, and you don't have control of it. It has control of you. When we were children, we used to sing that song, round and round the mulberry bush, the monkey chased the weasel. The monkey thought it was all in fun. Pop goes the weasel. In other words, when you're running in circles chasing someone, in reality, they're chasing you. And that sin that you're chasing after, it's chasing you. So how do we get rid of a thing like that? Well, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. The word of God is going to have to be a lot more important to you than it is right now. Now, that's one of those things, again, it has to be the will. And you can go up to the altar and you can cry big crocodile tears and you can say, oh, boo-hoo, I want it to be more. But God knows how many times you've lied and said that kind of thing before. Let me give you a little hint. There's times I go to God with my faults and those things that are uh, my undoing. And I tell him, oh my God, I need to change these things. And then I look at him and I say, by the way, I'm lying and you know I'm lying. And I know I'm wrong to be lying. I really know the word of God says I need to be clean and holy before you. But there's something wretched inside of me that doesn't want to. Would you please intervene in this process? Please, I need you for this very purpose. And then trust the great God of Israel who has preserved the saints for thousands of years to take an interest in your life and to begin to show you grace. Now, the verse, the, the chapter goes on and says, verse 10, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. You know, a lot of people tell me they believe in Jesus Christ with their whole heart. That has been discussed before on this podcast. Um, and the word of God is very clear that the heart is those inward thoughts and the inward parts of you that go on. Uh, for example, we saw in the book of 1 Samuel how that Hannah prayed in her heart. Where did she pray? Well, she prayed so that no sound came out, but her lips moved. Well, what kind of prayer do you pray? If you were to pray right now and you were to say something quietly, but don't let anyone else in the room see you're praying. Don't let any other person see that you're uh that you're doing that right now, okay? What is that? That's your heart that's doing that. Maybe your lips will even move a little but No sound comes out. Now, the psalmist said, with my whole heart, with every bit of that, have I sought thee. I've had people come, but pastor, I have sought him with my whole heart. And I feel like Samuel, when Saul came and said, well, we killed, the, we killed all, everything the Lord told us to. And Sam said, well, what meaneth the bleeding of the sheep that I hear? If you really killed everything, how come I still hear sheep? If your whole heart is seeking after God and seeking after the Word of God, then what are those other thoughts bouncing around inside of you? See, the whole heart means there are no other competing thoughts. And that's a rare thing. That's a hard place to get. And I'm telling you right now, you're not going to just lightly get there with going up to one altar call and snuffing a little bit and then running back and doing whatever you want to do. You're going to have to seek God, and you're going to have to seek him in ways that you never even thought of before, and you're going to have to cry out to him. Now, my friends, what God wants is for you to have that victory. Now, going on a little bit more, it says this. It says, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And oh, there's songs written of that. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There is no substitute for memorizing verses. And you know what, young people? You know what, parents? It's real good for those children to memorize those verses while they still can. And children, they you know, their brains are so elastic when they're young. They, you know, I, I, you know, we homeschooled eight different children at different times. And, and, you know, children have an amazing ability to look straight at you, watching your lips, what you're saying and daydreaming about something completely different. And then you go ahead and ask them, what did you just say? And they're amazing. They can repeat the last hundred words you just said to you and look at you smugly like they understood everything you said. And they didn't hear a single thing that you said. They're just some parrot saying those words back again. But one of the things that you can do with those children, with that elastic mind, with that mind that's all over the place, is you can require of them that they memorize verses of the Word of God. Memorize those the Sunday school has them doing. Memorize verses that dad or mom were reading in their Bible, and it struck them how important that was. I remember one time reading in Isaiah 26, and it just struck me how important and good it was, and my, uh, my, all my children learned Isaiah 26 all the way through there, and were able to repeat it all, and you say, well, what good does that do? Well, it says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Many years ago, I preached with a young man, and we would go out and had a circuit in different places that we would preach, and... He had grown up as a pastor's son, and then at one time had rebelled and gone out there and lived on his own and got into drugs and drinking and everything else. And And he told me, he said, my biggest problem is, is that my parents booby-trapped me. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, they taught me so many verses that I would go out there, I'd get into sin, and verses would come up in my heart and rebuke He said, I'd sit there in a bar drinking with guys and they'd start talking about the book of Revelation like a bunch of drunks would do. And he said, I'd have to straighten them out on what it really says. And what a wonderful thing to know that when this young man got out there on his own and he's defiling everything his parents ever taught him, that they had given him the word of God and the word of God stayed in his heart and came out in his heart and worked in his heart. Now, a uh, couple of weeks ago, I was telling the people in my church a story. I had a wonderful woman, a friend of uh, my friend's mother. This is a good friend of mine. We did many things together, and I'm ashamed of the stuff we did. We were in drugs and rock and roll all the time. But his mother was a survivor of a German concentration camp. And one time when we sat in, in their living room in Yonkers, New York, for the first time that she ever told him the story of her parents' death, I was sitting there. And she said they were in Czechoslovakia. World War II had not started yet, but the Germans had recently taken over where they were, and people came up and told uh, her parents, you need to get out of here because the Germans don't like Jews. And her parents laughed and said, oh, well, maybe the, the professors or politicians were just farmers. But Mrs. Berkovic talked about the day when she and her brothers and sisters came home from school and being naughty children, they walked through the woods that they weren't supposed to do. And it saved their lives because as they came upon the back of the house, they saw their mother and their father and their little brother being lined up against the wall and shot. And there by the driveway were some German soldiers waiting for them to come home and they ran through the woods and they ended up living. So we don't know when we see our children, if this will be the last day that we ever seen them. I'll tell you one thing. Mrs. Berkovic's parents did not know when they put them and sent them off to school that day that they would never see them again, that whatever words they said, whatever wisdom they had given them, the last wisdom they would ever give them. Now, for you parents out there, for those of you who have children, for those of you are children, I have no idea how much longer God will long suffer the wickedness of our nation and the wickedness of the things that people are doing today. But I know that when it does come, it raineth upon the rich and the poor alike. And I know that when Babylon fell, there were some people that the only thing they escaped with was their life. God said, I'll give thee thy life for a prey. You'll be searching, you'll be hunting, and the only thing you're going to save out of this is going to be your own life. And I have no idea. I don't know if some of the parents listening to this today will die in an automobile accident and somebody else will raise their children. I have no idea. All I know is this, is that you have a chance now to teach them the word of God and that the word of God should live in their heart and that you can put a lot of the word of God in there. And I'll guarantee you this. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old. When he is old, when he is old, he will not depart therefrom. I know many a parent that's heartbroken. They have a 20, 30-year-old a uh, 40-year-old son or daughter out there and they've gone the, the, the ways of the world and it's a grief to them. But let me tell you, if you've raised them in the way they should, the word of God will come back. It will accomplish the purpose for what the Lord has given it. And God will do miraculous and wonderful things with the word of God. He said so. Going on further, Psalm 119 says this, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me, Thy statutes, and you know, no matter how many times we read the Word of God, unless God steps in and begins to teach us what those things mean, they don't mean anything at all. I used to train with a man who was in the United States Army, and uh, we were both training for the ministry. And he talked about sitting in an army class one time, and he talked about student fifty-one. And student 51 was an old farm boy from somewhere and not much sophistication or anything else. And he said the, uh, the, the person giving the, the talk stood up there and read some paragraph in government speech. And student 51 raised his hand and said, uh, I didn't understand that. And the person, what they did, typical of the military, they just read the same thing over again in the exact same words. And student 51 said, Dem be just words. They're just words. And my friend, unless God steps in and God begins to teach you the word of God, they're just words. They're not going to mean anything. And that's why when we approach the word of God, we approach it understanding that the great God of creation, he called himself the former of all things, meaning he formed everything. He's the one who's given us these words, and he's the one that must give understanding. After the apostles had walked with Jesus Christ, after he'd already breathed on them the Holy Ghost in John chapter 20, when you read the end of the book of Luke, he opens their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And unless God does that, we have nothing. All is vain unless the spirit of the holy ones come down. That's what the word of God said. Well, that's what the the song said, the hymn says. It agrees with the word of God. We need God to teach us his statutes. We need God to give us understanding. We need him to show us what these things are saying. Verse 13, with my lips have I declared all the, the judgments of thy mouth. And you want to know something? Quit being a coward. Open your mouth. You young people, it won't hurt you to say something to your friends and tell them, look, I'm ashamed of the stuff we've talked about, the stuff we've done, and all it's going to do is make my life miserable. And you want to know something? It's going to make your life miserable. I've had so many people drag themselves back. I've had my own children drag themselves back into the house of God after having gone after those things that looked so good and finally got out and compromised on one thing here and compromised on another thing there. The next thing you know, they're in a gutter they never thought they'd be in. And let me tell you, when they came back to the house of God, they were pretty happy to get clean again, to have their consciences clean from sin. Oh, my friends, there's some of you, if you could ever wake up one day and have your conscience clean from sin, it would change your entire life if you could ever have that. And that's something that God wants to give you through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what's he telling you right now? He's saying, with your lips, declare the judgments of, of God's mouth. Say those things. Say them out loud. Tell them to yourself. Look in the mirror and read judgments of God to yourself. Do that. Verse fourteen I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all thy riches, in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto all thy ways. Do you rejoice in the testimonies of God? Do you rejoice? Do you look at those testimonies? Do you rejoice at the victories that God gave David? Do you rejoice in the victories that he gave Jeremiah? Do you rejoice in the victories that you see the apostles get? Do you rejoice in those? Do you rejoice in the testimonies of those in the local church who have escaped from sin? Rejoice in those things and love those testimonies, okay? More than any rich that you could ever get. And then meditate in the precepts. Have respect in the God's ways. And it says this, I will delight myself in thy statues. I will not forget thy word. Oh my friends, if I could only reach down to every table of people listening, every car where people are listening to this together, every rocking chair where a mother, a father, a grandmother, a grandfather is sitting listening to this, if I could ever get a hold of your hearts and get you to turn to that great God of Israel and say to yourselves, "I'm going to cleanse my way." Those sites on the internet that I've been looking at, I'm going to erase all contacts to them. Those things that I've been compromising with and just sliding a little bit and allowing into my life, and they've taken, they've stripped the joy away from my life and get those back. May God bless you. May the great God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may He grant you to have a clean and a rich life through the blood of Jesus Christ. God bless you now.
0: There's a lost soul who tired of the sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting
1: You have been listening to the Daily Her Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com 17006 Thank you for listening and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow and remember to look up for your redemption for all of there was night.
0: Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home and the Saints all with gladness are singing the glory a song of the redeemer